0: This aberration, whose only means of expression are wanton violence and destruction.
1: I'm hoping to prove that within every normal system, there exists an aberration. Something different.
0: Weird aberration society.
2: So, how you doing, man?
3: I'm doing all right. How are you?
2: I'm well. I can't. I mean, I can't complain. I mean, sure, I can.
3: Oh yeah, we all can. There's there's plenty of time. You know what? Let's just keep this going all night, just nothing the complaints. (laughs) Get the rest of the stuff later.
2: Yeah, you know, sometimes that's, sometimes that's helpful. You know, it's helpful. (laughs) It's healthy. We all
3: need it sometimes. Mm
2: It's good to sort of decompress and uh, yeah, get get things. Uh... Yeah, I have I have I have moments where I have to vent like everybody else. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, you know, are you self seen? You know, <laughs> you're, you're aware. Uh, I vent. I have, I'm I'm known to vent. Um. So did you uh um did you did, what did you, well you know what. I'm just going to start the episode before I ask you this, because.
3: Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Do what you got to do.
2: Awesome. Okay, so uh, welcome back to uh, another adventure, (laughs) Uh, another episode of uh, Mutual Aberration Society. Uh, Today, uh, we are going to talk about The Glove, and I have a guest on um, to talk about this movie um Patrick Barb. Hello Patrick. Uh how are you doing?
3: Hello. Doing all right.
2: Um as I usually do, I let uh my guests sort of uh do their own introduction. So uh, the mic is yours.
3: All right. Um so I'm Patrick Barb. I am a writer of I think I describe myself as a writer of horror, weird, dark fiction. Um I've I haven't short stories published i have a uh novella coming out from gray matter press uh in october and my first short story collection pre-approved for haunting is coming out uh october 2023 uh so i'm gonna try to you know own october here for the next two years if i can
2: well congrats on on the uh on the, the upcoming releases that's dope thank Uh, you i remember a long time ago um when i read a script of yours uh and it was something to do with a smiley face Uh, It was like
3: slasher stuff yeah
2: i I can't remember the like now it's like it's so it's it's been such a minute like since that we're Um, aging both of us by yeah yeah
3: calling this stuff out right now i think it's like (laughs) almost what like twenty. Done close to twenty years, I think. <laughs> that we've like known each other on internet, various internet writing you circles. You know what? Uh,
2: when you say that, that's kind of crazy, but you're actually not off.
3: No, by that much, it's pretty much. <laughs> it's cl- close.
2: It's close. It's it's getting there. Um, I'm starting to like, you know. Uh, I say this all the time. I'm 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 these this like next ten to twenty years. I feel such a super amount of like uh pressure (laughs) Where i'm like oh shit like you can't really like uh you don't have time like you used to have you really have to sort of like it's like now (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like it's like now um which is cool like when i see you know you sort of like pushing forward and like doing a lot and, and doing a lot of short stories and getting a lot of things published and and you have a collection and a novella coming out and i'm like oh okay so patrick patrick senses that urgency too okay oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it was probably yeah, yeah. like
3: around like
2: mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> three years ago four years ago I, like had that that moment at uh thanksgiving or something where i was just like oh shit you know i gotta i gotta get my shit together um yeah. Yeah. and just started doing you know doing prose writing mm-hmm. stuff sending stuff out um taking the Taking the lumps with rejections and yeah. and then getting a few acceptances out there and yeah I mean it it's worked out but it definitely took that concerted effort to really kind of push through
2: yeah um it's interesting because the short story uh the short story game if you want to call it that um, sure
3: and it yeah it's it's it, it's I'm, a lot of like that
2: yeah I'm of the thinking right and at least this is me like for me it's actually harder to do a short story than a novel Mm. for me right you know what i mean because they're like and what i mean by that is like there's something to the length right of a novel that is more i don't know uh there's a lot more room to you know to play with right and a short story Uh is a lot more concise and and i think that like it's weird because coming from like both of us having like screenwriting backgrounds, um, I I don't think that would initially be the case. You know what I mean? I I feel Uh like the short form would sort of be more, um, yeah, it, it would be more easy. Um, but for me, it's like, it's not that it's, it's not that it's like difficult. It's just that it's, it's just, I don't know. I find myself, uh, Cause I've had a few short things out there, but I just find myself having to like remind, like, you know, like there's certain, there's certain gears, you know, Uh um, that you have when you're writing certain, like, you know what I mean? Like whether it's a script, whether it's like, like you said, a a novel, a novella, whatever, like there's a certain gear that, that you have to like drive in. And then when it's a short story, it's like a totally different, it's like, yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah, I mean, it's different in different forms, though, too, because like right. with screenwriting, you know, you are trusting a lot to other mm. parties who are involved in the process. Whereas with mm. prose, by and large, unless you're doing something funky with like typeface or you have illustrations or something, you're really driving it 100 percent. And I always tend to overwrite. So mm. my short stories typically are pretty long and I just cut the hell out of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so think about a novel, which got a little bit intimidating for me is it if i'm going to overwrite that i'm like oh, fuck i'm going to end up with something that's like 100,000 words or something like that or some yeah. big fantasy epic and i'm like no it's really just supposed to be this short little thing so we'll see i think you know it's it's definitely in the cards for me
2: i love uh, the novella the i love the novella i feel like i feel like that's like a perfect like if you want to call it like a middle ground between sort of like the type of writing that you do um it comes to a screenplay just i mean only in terms of like the length right right and in in the novel it's like a marriage of the two because it's like a novella can be you can sit down and read a novella in one sitting if you want to Uh it's fairly you know uh doable you know um much like if you sat down and watched a movie um but it has a little bit more to it you know what i mean there's a lot than a straight up screenplay which is you know um basically just everything you see right like, right like you know, you're, you know exactly um, uh and as a fo- as opposed to like a novel which is like more sensory you know what you you know it's not just what you see it's what you smell it's what you taste it's what you yeah, touch, exactly it's, yeah you know, it's what you know it's interior you know all that all that all that stuff that's like great to play with you know as a writer um but yeah what I came to talk about and we can talk about <laughs> anything What I had Patrick watch I had you choose right um, that's I had, right Had you choose and you pick the glove um now I've seen the glove before I like the glove um I'm glad you, like any the movies that the thing about it is the trick that I tools like any of these movies that I give people to choose from um I've already sort of like I know that I'm gonna dig them so it's like every time someone's like oh yeah I, I can't I need to rewatch this is this the first time you've saw the glove
3: this is the first time I saw the glove. This was uh, it was quite the experience.
2: Okay, so it's funny that we were talking about novels. I feel like the glove feels like a crime novel.
3: Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean can like, see that in part yeah, yeah
2: it feels like one of those crime novels that I like pick up uh, from like you know, spinner rack (laughs) right it's like the old like like, yeah executioner kind of stuff yeah and i I, I know a big part of that is probably some of the voiceover that you know um, right that's uh john saxon that has throughout the movie but it's just also sort of kind of the way it's structured it's kind of non unconventional Mm
1: -hmm. at least
2: at least for like hollywood yeah absolutely you know what i mean um so did you like the movie? <laughs> I did.
3: I yes, I did. Let me say that first first and foremost. I I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I like I like John Saxon. Anytime anytime he shows yeah, up in something, yeah. you know, it's a good time. The kind of 70s, 80s cinema can't go wrong there. Um,
2: he's really good in this, too. This is like one really of his good. better roles, really. Like I I really think it is. Like um yeah. because yeah, Saxton, Saxon a lot of times he'll show up in stuff and he'll just kind of be Saxton. And he's yeah. like, okay, like you know, give me my, give me my check. <laughs> you get that feeling, yeah. like you know what I mean? Oh um, sure. He's still sort of a presence, right? But I feel like in this one, you got to see a little bit more, like yeah. acting, right? Um. Yeah. So for those who haven't watched the glove, let me pull up the synopsis uh, and read it to everyone, because because why not? It's already written. So. So. This is the plot. Uh again I usually do the letter blocks. So it says in this actioner <laughs> <laughs> uh I should fix that. <laughs> in this actioner a bounty hunter is assigned to bring back an enormous and angry ex-convict who wears a deadly glove made of leather and steel. Rockum sock'em, mayhem ensues. Okay, let's uh, kind of needs to rewrite very on uh, the surface, very yeah, on the yeah, surface yeah. there with that
1: description.
3: Yeah,
2: that, I mean, yes, it's definitely not the best. Uh, so the glove is that. But it's we're following uh, John Saxon, who is the main character. And obviously in, uh John Saxon plays a bounty hunter. Right. Um, and we quickly discover. like actually, let me let me not even start with Saxon. Let's start with let's start with the, 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 the to me, the hero. absolutely the hero of this movie (laughs) the hero and really a
3: revelation for me because i had not seen anything that he started before it blew me away yeah
2: rosie greer who plays victor hale um now we uh are introduced to victor uh because victor puts on full riot gear basically a a helmet um uh and the, the 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 glove that the movie is <laughs> named after which is a riot glove right yep. um and uh we see a prison guard get off of work right um and the prison guard gets gets in the car with a woman who we assume is you know his wife um and they're driving away and uh they're being followed by victor um in because, his station wagon
3: let's, station. let's
2: yeah say it, say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and they pull and as they're as they're driving right um which is this, I, I kind of laughed at this little touch as they're driving. Um, the woman says, my husband won't be home for four hours or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yep. And, and so we like, oh, so that's them selling like, oh, it, okay. Like this guy's, this guy's a scumbag. Okay. So you know what I mean? I feel like that was them sort of like being like, <laughs> uh, like trying to like, uh, because I do feel like Victor in this movie is the hero. Like, I really do feel like I don't feel bad for anybody that Victor no. uh, attacks in this movie. Um, so all. so they uh so the so the so the prison guard in and his uh mistress, I guess if you want to call her that, uh they pull off they pull into some lot. I don't even know it looks like a junkyard. Can't really tell.
3: It was like an airplane hangar or something. Yeah, so it was a giant I don't know how they had odd.
2: access to this place. I don't know. <laughs> but they I pull like, a,
3: what did, why did she mention his house at all? Like her house. It, right. Unless that's where she's living, in which case yeah a lot more other she got other problems
2: yeah so i don't quite know the logistics of their hookup and their 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 late night uh (laughs) rendezvous but they pull into this place and of course you know um they start to you know things get hot and heated now this is when victor pulls up um (laughs) and he proceeds to uh destroy the car like e-honda from street fighter oh absolutely uh,
3: like, he's insane like insane amount of destruction like
2: ripping the car apart with his bare hands he's like punching through windows i mean the woman's freaking out i mean i mean understandably uh right. and so is so is so is the prison guard and then finally victor gets a hold of him and he pretty much beats beats him nearly to death he doesn't die but he uh-huh. does pretty much beat him to death and that's sort of like the opening of the glove right that's that's our introduction um and then we're then that's when we are introduced to uh john saxton who plays sam kellogg now um the interesting thing about john saxton in this bounty hunter character is that it's just we meet him at first, he's with his daughter like that's uh-huh. the first time we see him right and like it's quickly established that uh He's no longer, you know, um, with her mother and that he really cherishes his time with his daughter, um, but he may not be able to see her because he's behind on his alimony payments. right. And she's sort of been like, you know, the little girl is pretty much is saying to her father, like, dad, like mommy's is mommy gonna let me see you again you know um right which kind of establishes the stakes right it establishes the stakes for for him right immediately which is like oh he's he's like he really loves his daughter but this guy has to like make a lot of money um (laughs) because he's so far behind but then it also establishes that he's a gambler like that he has gambling problems um and we see that uh I, I believe uh
3: ex baseball player gambler too. He's really yeah, on that, yeah 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 they on said, that pete rose tip right there
2: yeah yeah i think you good, good good catch good catch i didn't even i didn't even think about that but you're right he talks about how he was a short he was a shortstop in like yep yeah 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 so uh then when he's 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 doing he's running down all of these bell jumpers right um but you you find out like That he's only getting, he's not getting enough money and the money that he does get, he blows it. You know what I mean? Uh, Uh, like the guy who works at the, the bail bondsman who he's getting, uh, after he, after he collects, uh, some money from the, the first, the first, uh, bail jumper that he catches. Right. Which kind of goes, which is kind of funny because he thinks it's one guy, (laughs) And it turns out to be no, that's his partner. He's a gay guy. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, we playing the flute.
3: In yeah, the, the guy played tub. the flute. In the there's,
2: hot tub. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Couldn't yeah. make it tan like tan <laughs> or skin color to really like, you know, sell the the metaphor they were going for there. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was that scene was was wild. Not afraid to have humor in the in the movie yeah. either. There's yeah. plenty of that.
2: And, you know, another thing, another thing about this that I liked is that this movie came out in 79, right? But you really right. get to see a lot of, like, seven, late 70s L.A.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, and, and it's like, it's cool. It's almost like this little, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like going to a a museum or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know I mean? like, they like, don't
3: show what you usually would think of either. It's it's a lot yeah, of, like, yeah. seedier spots and, and more kind of, like, urban type of settings as well um looks it works well
2: yeah i really liked that about this too watching it i'm like wow this is like a part this is like la before like Mm -hmm. having been out there and like you know it's like this is you know it's interesting it's just interesting to always see that's one of the things i liked about like you know um uh once upon a time in hollywood was that the sort of uh them being sort of replicating sort of that era but like this is literally that era though this is like they didn't have to like you know redress it up and make it look like that like it literally was that uh-huh. um but yeah so we quickly find out that you know he goes to collect his money and the the, the guy that the bail bondsman um you know he gives him three hundred dollars um but then he mentions he's like you know what'd you do with all your other money like you just blow it at the track you know what i mean uh-huh. uh, you know um and so you it's quickly established that like he does have a gambling problem um and then uh I believe it early, fairly, fairly, fairly early on. They like, they mentioned this, it was a, uh, what's, I'm trying to remember cookie. There's a guy named cookie who he doesn't want to give, uh, he, like he doesn't want to give Sam this cookie job because first of all, cookie, apparently it's, he's, it's like a $3,000, you know, basically he would get 3000 if he, if he, if he got this guy, um, and he needs the money, but he he's like, but yeah, but this guy's dangerous. Like you know, like this guy's a problem. And you told me to give you the easy stuff, right? Like uh, he's like a
3: murderer. Or yeah, something, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, or yeah. something like um, that, or he's done something along those lines.
2: Yeah, but then they do, and he he, but he wants it anyways, and he you know he reluctantly he gives him, I guess, whatever information he does have on the guy, you know. But it, apparently, Sam has already has a lead, and I'm not gonna go beat by beat, but you know, but um. At a certain point when he's leaving, um, the guy comes back out and says, hey, you know, um, somebody wants to talk to you. And I can't remember the character's name. I think it was, uh, was it lieutenant was it lieutenant Kruger, I believe, or something like that. Kruger. Yeah, I think yeah, that, sounds,
1: yeah. that sounds right.
2: Um, and he goes to a police station. Um, and again, this is where we discovered that Sam at, used to be a cop, but he's not a cop anymore. Um, but he still has relationships within you know the LAPD right uh-huh. and Kruger tells him about Victor right he tells yes. him like because and here's this is what I thought was kind of cool right so the backstory of Victor is immediately uh just given to us which is Victor was in jail Um he was uh, in jail for for basically getting like Justice for his uh, his sister, right? His sister yep. was uh, brutally like she was cut and beat by a pimp, right? Mm-hmm. And like so, he, he 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 fucked the pimp up, right? Yes. And then he gets arrested and goes to jail for it. But when he was in jail, he was abused, and he was abused using uh, the riot glove that he uses, right? Which is and and, and I believe the lieutenant says something about like yeah they stopped you they literally made them stop using this 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 glove, right? Right. He, he literally takes it out because he has one and he shows it to uh um Sam. And he calls
3: he- it five pounds of lead and steel. The, yeah that, that great introduction
2: yeah it's uh, like the there. glove is really cool like it is a very fucking like kind of fetishized ass <laughs> yeah oh, yeah, uh, the like, whole
3: his whole outfit yeah. with the motorcycle like the the riot helmet and yeah, the black yeah. the pads
2: it's, it's like a slasher it, movie or some shit it's,
3: you know i thought it's a little bit like a slasher he also looks like in the 1970s anytime mm-hmm. there was like a superhero on like the incredible hulk yeah. that's what they looked like they were like oh yeah this is uh daredevil sure whatever kids <laughs> that's exactly what he looked what he looked like he's huge too just big, yeah big... like
2: that's a good point i was going to say like rosie greer is a large guy like he's a big imposing guy so he's like great in this movie like he's just this guy is <laughs> fucking great but but we also discover like a little bit about like how he used to be um you know he, he had a clean record and like basically he was a very talented like jazz musician uh-huh. and like he's a smart guy. And like, you know, after this whole stuff hat went down with his sister, you know, and him, his experience being abused by these prison guards, he's now out and he's uh, basically getting revenge. He's beating these guys up, nearly killing them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, exactly. Um, yeah. And so the prison guard union has put out a 20, a $20,000, like uh-huh. reward. It's it's outside of like off like, the books, yeah. Off the books. So like, this is like okay, like dollar signs immediately in 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 Sam's eyes because Sam is the whole movie. Sam is continuously he just trying to get this money, his back alimony because he's 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 he can't help it. He's a fucking he's like Adam Sandler and fucking Uncut Gems the exactly. Guy <laughs> I was thinking the same. I was <laughs> yeah. thinking the same thing. He can't stop so, betting yep. and like yeah, blowing the money he does make right. Um. But it, but while he's talking to the lieutenant, he shows him the glove. Here's a great example. He he's like, I bet you. He puts the glove on. He says, I bet you ten dollars that I can break this. Uh, I could break this board with one punch, right? And he does break it, and he has to give him the ten dollars. But it's like immediately, I like that too, where it's like, oh, he's a, he is a gambler, right? Um,
3: yeah, it's the it's the cut that he gives because mm-hmm. he gives. Uh, yeah, he Lee gives Van him. Yeah, he, he gave the him money, thirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's like, I bet you thirty. He gets it right back. No, no, he but... bets him ten though. Ten, okay. He only yeah, bets, he bets 10. him ten. Okay. It
2: lo- okay. Yeah, so he gives him thirty because of like he gave him the intel on getting the the the, the guy before that he yeah. got uh, the the dude with the whole scene where we see him fighting <laughs> with the jacuzzi. It was it's a it's a funny scene, you know. Um, and, and so yeah, he gives him. He, so he basically gets. He has to give some of the money back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Um, right, 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 back to him. Um, so that now we know sort of like. And they do mention, um, <laughs> they do mention uh, Iverson, right? Now he doesn't appear till yes. later in the movie, right? But this is the first time we hear about this guy because Harry Iverson, I believe, right? Right, that's the one. Right, and you're like, who the fuck is this Harry Iverson guy, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> but they're like, you Harry Iverson is on this, you know, like, it, it, and you know that, like, Sam just kind of looks at him like Harry Iverson. You're like, okay, um, and then flash forward a little bit. Uh at at a certain point, um Sam he doesn't now I'm, I'm trying to remember at what point uh that Walter uh what's his name? Walter, is it Walter Stratton?
1: Yes, Walter the rich, Stratton. The, the, the real guy. estate guy. Yeah, yeah, the real
2: estate guy. Uh apparently, you know, there's a he, it's all I remember. So there's an old woman, right? like yes. that he that he is one of his sort of bail jumpers I like, I don't know. He's a bookkeeper even, and bookkeeper, she like stole money she stole like skimmed a little bit. Yeah, yeah she stole like $3,000 off the top, right? And he's like, "Okay, so he finds this old woman and she's at like the bus station, right? And uh she has the money on her and he doesn't, you know, Sam, he's a good guy, you know, he has a good heart. He doesn't want to like arrest this old lady. He doesn't want to take this old lady back to him or put this old lady in jail or whatever. So he's like, "Well, listen, like just give me the money, right, and I'll just let you go. Like, and he even gives her, uh, like, you know, some money from it. Like, he's like enough
3: to get enough out of to town. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He's like, just go or whatever. I'll tell him that you got away, right? So he does that, and then he, you know, that and that's when we're introduced, like, back at this mansion. Um, Walter Stratton has these girls. And they're just like, they're doing like a commercial, right? Like they're they're doing some sort of like demonstration (laughs) of some kind of commercial or some first travel, whatever, right? Uh, Or he's a real estate guy, whatever. And, Mm -hmm. And then like, we kind of get it like this guy's sort of like lecherous and sort of like handsy old guy with money, you know, um,
3: Oh, the hand drops real quick yeah, when he's yeah, walking where they go. Yeah,
2: he's like just, like just goes down. Yeah, this is like hand just slides down the body of the saloon Yeah, so it's like you kind of know this guy off off rip, right? And then you're then that's what then you meet uh another woman walks in, right? And this is supposed to be uh I believe it's a is it supposed to be his wife? Because this is this is where I'm kind of confused about.
3: It was a little bit confusing about what the relationship was
2: because she says something to the effect of that like at first i thought it was just a woman that worked for him right because she's Uh upset immediately because she's like his his driver like he uses her to sort of like you know drive men to like you know uh i guess to to to
3: see like property
2: properties and 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 whatever right um and she's upset because one of the guys touched her, right? Which is ironic, given that, like... <laughs> well, he's just done, like, five right, seconds right, earlier. Like, literally, right, before she walks in. And immediately, like, Sam is takes interest in her, right? Um, And uh, I'm trying to look up the actress, because she's... Is it, jo- is it Joanna Cassidy?
3: I, I think so. I believe so.
2: Right? Let me look. Yeah, that's definitely her. Okay, yeah. That's what I thought. So, oh, Joanna Cassidy who plays Shelly Michaels? See, so they're not married. Yep. So so yeah. but they do have this sort of arrangement, right? Where like, you know, she's sort of works for him, but like, I guess is his lover, but like slash business partner, or whatever. Um, but you get that introduction between them, um, which comes back into play a little bit later, uh-huh. right? Uh, but now at this point. We do see uh, between between Sam getting um, apprehending. Well, he doesn't actually apprehend Cookie. <laughs> he goes to get apprehend Cookie, who's working at like a meat a meat packing plant. Or meat something. packing plant. One of the yeah, yeah, I yeah. love yeah. that scene yeah, in the yeah. movie
3: just because, like, I feel like in like the seventies and mm. in someone in the early eighties when they showed people doing like blue collar jobs, it actually looked like people who. Worked those jobs like it looked like most of the extras were just guys like pulling a long shift to like just mm-hmm. cut up just hanks of meat and stuff and it's it's a really well shot scene In, in the, the the whole sequence there I I dug
2: yeah yeah and and they get into a fight but ultimately what happens is uh, Cookie grabs one of those uh, meat hooks <laughs> yes which, which prompts Sam to pull his gun and Sam doesn't want to shoot him. <laughs> but he ends up having to shoot him and he ends up killing him, um, which is an interesting aspect too, where he's like, he just killed. So, so obviously they cut to like, you know, um, Lieutenant Kruger's there. He's talking to him. The police are there or whatever. And, you know, Sam is, mentions like, I'm going to lose something to lose my license over. And of course, Lieutenant uh-huh. Kruger's like you're not going to lose your license. You ha- you did what you had to do, whatever, you know, um, but at a certain point though, and then this is where I'm doing Patrick. If you remember when, um, he's still looking for Victor, right? But Victor starts reaching out to him, right? Yes. <laughs> like Victor's call calls calls him like somewhere along the like, either before or after, and basically, you know, he calls him when when Victor's like very cool, right? He's like very cool, like jazz player, like very like every time we see him, he's like this is a, it's like he's either super pleasant or yeah. he's like menacing. Like it's Death either mode. one or the Absolutely, other. Yeah. Either in like glove mode, like I got the glove on, I'm <laughs> finna destroy everything. I'm like juggernaut. Exactly, like, you know what I'm saying. Or he's oh, like yeah. the nicest guy. He's like saying hello to people in the streets. He's smiling, He's talking, he's like helping little kid that's in the building play guitar. You know. Oh he's just yeah, talking-
3: that's like these things that you could not. Yeah. imagine happening like, now <laughs> even like 10 10 years after the movie was made yeah. let alone today yeah. yeah he's just like carrying groceries up and like not really hiding so much as just like
2: he's protected
3: in his right. yeah he's in yeah, his he, his apartment building and everybody's
2: everybody know, loves him on right? his side yeah yeah because and another thing is that like he's in los angeles but he's from the bronx apparently or something which which mm-hmm. is what we discover about uh you know Harry Iverson is Harry, Harry Iverson's from New York. Yes. You know, and Harry Iverson is coming, you know, into LA because he wants to get the $20,000. He wants to get Victor, right? Um uh-huh. as well. Um but Victor is like, you know, he's he's basically him and, you know, uh him and Sam have a conversation. Sam records the conversation, you know, and he's uh-huh. telling Sam to like, you know, back off. Like, you know what I mean? You know, he's very like He's very even killed though. He's not like he's not even threatening him as much as he's like just telling him, like, you know, listen, hound dog. I mean, that's what he calls him, like hound dog. Yes, like, you know, like exactly. you exactly to back off. He's like, because if you know, if we cross paths, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not going back. I'm gonna to mess jail. with
1: you.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm not going back. Like, there's not happening. I'm gonna go through you if I got, you know what I mean? And he's right. giving him a friendly sort of like warning, right? And he also tells him, like, I'm in 36 hours, I'm not gonna be here anymore. I'm gonna be gone. Yep. You know, so just leave me alone, you gets know. It's
3: a ticking clock going. Yeah, it gets the ticking
2: clock, right? So now you're getting established of like Sam is like, Oh shit, you know, I need to get this ticking, cl- I need to get this money before he goes away. There's the there's the sort of hint that this guy Harry is in town or he's going to be coming in town.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and then of course now Sam is made, we've seen Sam apprehend uh, a couple of people, right? We've seen the old woman, the guy cookie he kills. Um, which he still gets, I'm assuming he still gets the money for um, the guys, the guy with the, with the whole jacuzzi fight, you know, pool, yep. like, uh, so we watching him make this money. Right. And then um, now Walter, when he's goes to see Walter, right. And he gives Walter the money that he got that the old woman took. Right. And he gets his cut. Right. Walter, uh-huh. he tell he obviously tells Walter, she got away. He lies or whatever. Right. Now Walter invites him to play a poker game. You know like a high stakes sort of like private members only you know like at his at his mansion right like yeah um and of course of course
1: can't say yep.
2: he cannot like he cannot not <laughs> he can't we gotta find do that he's gotta do it like he's gotta go um he's gotta do it um even even to the point where like uh when he goes to that office where the lady's giving him sort of the receipts and talks you know um the reception lady and like, uh, yeah,
3: somehow I didn't understand that.
2: Yeah, whole, like, I, I was the, trying to figure that out. Had too. her on
3: retainer or something. Right. Is, is, like, I was, I service. Like,
2: like, I was like, okay, so who is this? Now they had a lot of chemistry, right? And I like, mm-hmm. and she was like, he even said, like, want to go to dinner. And she was like, yeah, I would love to, you know, like basically she's like throwing herself <laughs> at him, right? But then he's like, but wait a minute, don't you have the game? Like the thing. And he's like, oh, he's, we know, like, there's no way that Sam's going to turn down this poker game. Uh, he he turns sure turns
3: down her, right? For-
2: yeah he, he should he should just go you know with this woman that they have chemistry with like she's like there but he's like nah even though he has money you know and he needs to pay off his money so yeah, he can exactly. see his daughter
3: no he wants like, more
2: he's like no i gotta i gotta go i gotta i gotta get this you know i gotta go one night one a couple wins here and then i won't even have to worry about like you know i'll pay it off and and of course he goes there now he sends now walter sends uh uh i'm blanking on her name again what is her name again shelly shelly walter sends shelly to pick him up he even tells him like, i'm gonna have shelly come pick you up right and now of course immediately shelly shows up to pick him up and immediately there's the, the sort of sexual tension with them and you know like saxton is putting the charm on and they clearly have chemistry and like they kiss but then you know she's like you know basically you can't afford me type <laughs> <laughs> right whatever.
1: exactly and yeah, then she drives
2: like yeah she drives him to the game and as she's driving him to the game She's like, you know what? I'm going like, to help you. Here's a list. She gives him a piece of paper. And she says, like, this is a list of all the players that are there and some of their, like, tells or weaknesses or whatever. Yep. It's not really, you know, we don't really know. But that's what she alludes to, right? Now, that's a whole elaborate setup. Because when Sam gets there, he loses all this fucking money.
1: <laughs> just <laughs> immediately. A- they're it's all a- just running.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. It's all one thing. Walter devised this whole thing. She was in on it. She gets a cut of it, we discover, too. Like, mm-hmm. because she what she's doing is, like, part of her role. Um, so now Sam is back to zero dollars, right? He has no fucking money. Um, now Walter asked, ask, uh, him if he wants Shelly to drive her back. And he's like, no, I'll just get a cab. Right. And they have a little interaction, you know, while he's walking out, you know, she basically cops to the fact that, yeah, you know, I set you up Uh (laughs) and no, he's like wounded and he's like, fuck, but he takes the cab home. Now when he gets to his place, of course he's broke. So the cab driver's like follow I like this too the cab driver's like I'm gonna follow you into your house because he's oh, like Oh yeah no I'm I, go, yeah I'm gonna I am going to i will go get you some money. Like, come on. What he we- offers
3: to pay with a credit card and the, the, the guy's reaction, <laughs> yeah. he's so pissed. I'm like, yeah, that's clearly a product of the time right there. Yeah,
2: yeah. He's like, What no? Come on, come on. All right, let's go. Let's see if I can dig some shit out of fucking <laughs> one of my couch cushions. Come on. Uh so as they come up, there's a guy on the porch and enter Harry Iverson right now this is the first time we see harry iverson and i even like the little voiceover line because it's such a like uh like pulp noir little voiceover line and i uh i literally tweeted it after after i heard it because i was just like i just kind of love that shit where he says uh let me pull it up (laughs) because i actually want to quote he says real trouble comes in a wrinkled suit and a dirty collar harry iverson was here Right? I just, and I just kind of like... I just Some great like,
3: lines in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. I kind
2: of just love that little, you know, that little touch. Um, so Harry comes in and immediately, so he actually has Harry give him money. He's, he turns to him, he's like, Harry, you got $10? And he's looking at <laughs> am like, what? He's like, so Harry pays the cabbie. Cabbie leaves. So inside the house, you know, we, we, we meet Harry for the first time and Harry's negotiating. Harry's like, listen, you know, I'm here. I want Victor Hill. You know, I know how much the bounty is. I know it's I know that the, you know, that the, the police, pr- yeah, the, the prison the guard prison organization prison is playing, guard. paying 20,000. Yeah. Like, like the L.A. is your town. Like, I know you have. I want to cut. I want to cut. Like, we'll do it together. And of course, so then the negotiation process starts because Sam does not want to give fucking Harry anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And then so it become, it works it out where he's like, all right, well, it's going to be like 70. Did he say, what did he make it like? Did he say something like 70, 30, which is only 90%? I guess 10% is going to someone else. I don't know. Right. <laughs> well, I like-
3: said at some point, he's like, you get 100, like, you get, uh, what does he say, like 80, 30 and you get the extra 10 percent of 110 percent
2: it was a weird like weird lopsided percentage the, but... the
3: dialogue the back and forth there that was was really good though i like yeah. that kind of like it has that rapid fire kind of yeah. pulpy noir quality to it yeah. as well
2: yeah this like i said like this a lot watching this movie and probably the big reason why i enjoyed this movie is because it reminded me of reading like one of these type of books like mm-hmm. more so than a movie like even just the way it plays out it very novelistic in a, in a lot of ways right
3: it's like novelistic it also sort of mm-hmm. reminded me of like a like a tv pilot like you could see like the john saxon mm-hmm. show come kind of following after this because you've got these kind of plot lines that are really tangentially related the stuff with walter is like barely tied in but it, it deepens the character more than it really goes to the plot by any means and yeah. you kind of set up this little cast of characters for him um and they just think you know it's just a it's a one and done though
2: yeah and 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 it's just interesting because like i could see people watching this and be sort of thrown off by the way this movie is kind of structured right um Mm -hmm. because like every time you're introduced to victor now again like i said this is interesting because this is a movie with no villain like Uh you know what i mean like there's really no villain like when you really think about it because like it has two heroes really because sam kellogg is and victor are like both heroes like they're both sort of like you understand by why both both of them are sort of what motivates them what's their animate what's the thing that animates them as characters right which is like one guy is like wants revenge justifiably so you know um and another, you know, and the other wants just to make enough money to pay down his debt, you know, his alimony debt, so he can see his daughter. Right. Right. Um, it's a guy who, like, and he's not really even a cop, you know, he's a former baseball player with a gambling problem. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, he even says when l- the lieutenant offers him a job, he's like, "I would never take that job back ever again." <laughs> like, yeah, after
3: like, they they yeah, establish yeah. that, like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, "No, he's not associated with this yeah, at it, all. Don't yeah. worry about it."
2: Yeah, so he's not like this cop, super cop guy. He's more like I kind of like blue collar, like you know, tracking people down and like in that. And every time he's tracks people down, they go out of their way to show that Sam is like not. He's not brutal. Like he's uh-huh. not trying to, you know, uh, just be like this. Uh, I don't know. Like he's not a thug. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. not like a, a blunt instrument. He's like like, even go- in the
3: cookie. Yeah. Even in the yeah. cookie scene, he shoots him in the leg. Right. You know, several times. First, he like shoots him in the leg. and It's it's not till like he's just about to get that meat hook
2: right, in, yeah, the, actually- in
3: the face that he finally like gets him in the chest.
2: Yeah. They go out of their way to make sure it's like even even when, you know, the first from the first like scene with the fight in the pool. Like to the old woman, to the cookie, Uh like every time he's in a situation where he's chasing down like a bell jumper or a bounty or whatever, like he's always trying to like give those people a way out. Like, you know what I mean? Like to some extent he's trying to make this less as painful as like least painful as possible. Even cutting, Uh like he said, he cut the old woman a break. You know, he didn't, he was like, I don't want to, you know, arrest this old lady. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) he felt bad, like, you know, um, and it's like you immediately are in, sort of endeared to him sort of like even when like it ultimately comes to, you know, him and Victor's showdown. But but Victor to me, like Victor Hale is just. He's a legend, man. He's 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 a real one, like
3: uh, <laughs> it's, he's it's like, a great performance, too. It, it's, it's like really, just from like
2: he it, it, like every time he's on scene, every time, every time he's on screen. Right. He's like he steals it. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's yeah. like you're just like whether he's even like I like the, like he's you see him like calling like the 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 homes of like the guards. And he's like, hello, mm-hmm. are they home? Oh, OK, well, just don't worry. Just tell him a friend called, you know, and he hangs mm-hmm. up and he's Very just like, smooth. yeah, just real smooth. And he has that look in his eye like and, and he's just like the perfect because he's like a he's like one of those guys who he's able to play like the sort of like gentle giant. But like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> you know, what yeah, I'm yeah. He's like, got
3: that that mix he, yeah. of like sweetness and menace. Like he can time. switch.
2: Like the switch is like that. Where it's like
3: immediate. Yeah. He
2: can be the most like oh, and then it's like oh no. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> like like the eyes go like, and it's like he's dead. Yeah. It's like, and he and again we've already said this, but like Rosie Greer is lo- he's a physically imposing man. Like mm-hmm. he's and not compared
3: to he, a lot of the other cast. It's just
2: he, looked, he looks like. I don't know, like he looks gigantic, like, you know what I mean? Uh Like, like it's (laughs) you know what I mean? Like and then you see him like juxtapose that with like him scenes with him, like, you know, playing the like playing the guitar in the jazz club and, like you know, and just like how he interacts with the people in the neighborhood and just like uh, and even one of the scenes where uh, where Saxon is looking for for him. Right. Uh He tries to he approaches his mother. And he tries to get his mother to tell him, you know, like where Victor is. And like, she immediately is like, knows he's a cop. He's like pretending that he's like a reporter. A
3: journa- yeah, he's yeah. A journalist. journalist. He yeah, a was, story about his experience. Yeah, he's like, I'm not
2: dumb. And then he sees his her his sister and uh-huh. you see the scars on her face. Right. Yep. Like you see where the like where the pimp had cut, cut her face. And, and you immediately again, it goes to show you like, no, like Victor is not this like mindless wrecking machine like he's he's doing things for a reason he's doing uh-huh. the things that he's done for a reason he's justified in sort of the the sort of uh, street justice that he delivers you know that he yes. delivers out um, but all of this leads to a ultimately uh, and I feel like I've been doing a lot of beat by beats and we can talk a little bit more about the gen- in general terms at this point it does ultimately meet in a showdown between these, these two people these two characters right um, yes and even the way the showdown plays out, I love, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. the way. It, it's like you like both of them, like you know what I'm saying. And and even
3: and they kind of like each other, each other too. You get the yeah, sense it's like yeah, yeah, it's this mutual sense. respect.
2: And another element that I loved was like again like how sort of the the neighborhood and all the like the black people that lived in that building with him are like they 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 were like there's no way. Like even Victor tells Sam, like there's no way you're getting out of here, <laughs> like uh-huh. you know what I'm saying. They won't unless, let you take me, yeah. They will like unless I, you know, and I don't want to ruin what happens because I feel like kind of like I let people watch this movie to see what happens. But let's just say That's that fair. that they do have they do have a showdown and let and 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 let's just say Harry Iverson comes back into the story again because Harry Iverson wants money, right? Uh-huh. Um. And I'll just leave it at that anymore. Any more more else. I I think it will ruin it. I feel like people should should definitely uh, watch the glove. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, like. I don't know, like this is just a sweet spot for me, like. um, There's a there's a lot about movies today. That sort of. When I see a movie like this from that era it just reminds me of how, how like formulaic and sort of stale and almost void of any kind of sense of life uh, that uh, mm, the majority of sort of modern stuff that comes out of like Hollywood is now. Now, Uh yeah, obviously there's exceptions, right? There's a lot of stuff that's getting made. You know, that's not necessarily, you know, through the studio system. And every now and then there are good movies that come out of the studio system, too. I just feel like they're more rare. Right. And I feel like this just is a random movie that you pluck from 1979. Right. Exactly. It's It's like so starkly different from Mm -hmm. uh, the way things like in this sort of genre, if you want to call it that, like uh, now you would not see. Like, you know, I guess, you know, it's like a movie, like even like Night Moves or something. Like, this to me is very, it's reminds me of Night Moves in some ways, even though they're sort of tonally, like, I feel like the glove has moments where it's a lot tonally, like, I don't know, like, they're very, no, when I really think about it, like, I do feel like this, like, the glove and Night Moves are sort of a pairing almost. They're kind of similar Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. When you really think about it, they're very similar. And Night Moves is definitely like, crime fiction like you're really very inspired by that sort of whole you know pulpy detective uh-huh. sort of story you know what i'm saying that originated you know in these little paperbacks like uh and i feel like night moves and the glove are sort of both of that sort of uh, milieu you know what I mean? Like, it, has that,
3: it has that taste about it because it's like you start out with this movie and Victor is, is head to toe in black. Mm-hmm. You know, in the very first scene, we see um, uh, the John Saxon's character, and he's got the all white fit with like the <laughs> Kangle hat. It's just his outfits are incredible <laughs> in this movie. Just, they really are. A side yeah, note yeah, on that, yeah, that yeah, front. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But
3: like they're really setting this up as like, this is the bad guy. This is the good guy. Look, black and white. And it delves into these gray areas. And I mm. think your point about it being like the paperbacks is similar to that because it's like, there are these books that I think were cheap, you know, get them off the, the dime rack or something mm. or get them at the, the grocery store or whatever. Mm. And if you find the right one, there's a little bit more depth to it. There's a little, you dig deeper, there's social issues that are getting addressed in a very confrontational, but it doesn't feel like, preachy you know what i mean like they're they're just kind of saying like no this guy is he's actually the hero he's actually a a good dude who looks after his family his neighborhood and his own like body because he got so fucked up by the Mm -hmm. prison guards you see the scars Mm -hmm. on his face you know throughout the movie from where they just nailed him Mm -hmm. uh with that riot glove
2: yeah I liked I liked that too. I liked how they the scarring that he did have. It wasn't like they didn't go like over the, you know. It's just, it's yeah,
3: just it was like he was like uh, Jason or something, right? You know, he, or like,
2: yeah, he didn't look like guts from Berserk or something. Like he didn't have, <laughs> he didn't have like a one eye missing or anything like that. But he was scarred, like you know he was, and it was just like oh, like you could. It was just like again, like it was just that little touch to this big, you know, man who just kind of had so much. Like soul, like you know, uh-huh. like like Victor Hale. Uh, you know, it's crazy because I, I, when I moved it, when I saw this movie, I was like, this is kind of like a. It was like a. This is like reminds me of like <laughs> Chris Dorner. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh you know yeah, what I'm like that,
2: it, on some level like you know what i mean like it, obviously if you we know,
3: flip flip the time and rosie greer would have made a fantastic chris daughter you know,
2: like where it's just kind of like okay this guy you know obviously there's a little bit of differences but <laughs> but but you know but bit. like but but you know i felt like no like he was kind of a figure like that he is kind of a figure like that mm-hmm. so he's kind of like this guy who's like taking out his retribution on these you know, uh these corrections officers, you know, um um and then like you have again like John Saxton, you know, he is really like even this even the showdown between, you know, um him and Victor at the end, like like by the end of the fight, like you completely just like like, even the way, if, like, you just, lo- you like, can't help but, like, not, like, love both of these guys. Like, you're just, like, you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, like, you, you just can't, like, and Saxon's just really, like, I don't know, like, I just like all of the choices that he made,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, when this performance, like, you know what I mean? Like, the
3: stuff he's that- got that down on his luck kind of quality, right? But still, but still trying to do the right thing. Yeah, it's definitely like that, that sort of hitting that noir hero kind of kind of notes or anti-hero kind of notes
2: right the things that make him like cool and memorable you know as like in a lot of stuff you know like even enter the dragon and shit like all of those things are present in this movie but like even but you get to see a little bit more mm-hmm. you know you get to see he's he's literally doing more like you know you get to see him yeah he gets to be cool you know he gets to, you know to do the saxon thing you know he gets to have a lot of and then and again he narrates the movie you know it's got a lot yep. of his voiceover you know um but also just like even when he loses you're you kind of still like he's still endearing like he's still charming mm-hmm. even when you're like why did you do that you know what i mean yeah, like I why mean, did he, you... the
3: whole, the yeah. whole like yeah. relationship with with shelly that kind of mm-hmm. goes on in the movie as well like you know it, it doesn't work out it, if not too bad it was spoiler to say that one but like mm-hmm. because she there's the, a little bit of crossover between that story and the kind of main story um when there's like uh, one of the guards left at uh at Sam's place
1: mm-hmm.
3: and, and it's like the message from Victor like I, I was here and he like I think he like punches the dude's afro off I'm very confused because <laughs> yeah, the yeah, guy just like <laughs> <laughs> it just has a big just it's a big, streak right. It's like a right part. through. He's
2: got a part in yeah. his fro. Like you know what I'm saying? Like to It's like like what's that uh like Woody, uh what is it, Woody Harrelson and White Man Can't Jump? He's like, You got a big V in your fro. <laughs> you know? Like no guy literally has uh looks like someone parted his fro and have I don't know I, if, I don't know what that I, hairstyle I, was.
3: I'm convinced he punched all like he he took that glove and just punched a hole in the afro.
2: Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about that bathroom scene that bathroom yes that like, was just yeah yeah that he like so victor one of the guards right like right he, he tracks him down at his you know when he's at his at his house and he attacks him in his bathroom and it's just he destroy he destroys this bathroom the
3: toilet is just
2: crushed yeah breaks the toilet like just it's just so like it's like one of the best scenes in the movie uh, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? it's just so brutal like it's just so ineffective and just like it's like when he te- destroys the car but it's like even more like because it's like you're you feel like you're in a phone booth because you're in this you know it's like very this, tight corridors yeah, very, there it's, yeah,
3: tight tight confines
2: yeah you're in a confined space and he's just de- a wrecking ball right he's like a human wrecking ball he's just he's got that riot glove he's got the big helmet you know what i mean the the body the body armor and he's like a, he's just a, you know, like, so I guess what I referred, like I said, he has like that, that like, like you said, like that. He's like a villain, like a superhero or supervillain, like, or, a, or, mm-hmm. a, or this, like, I, I keep referring to like a slasher. Like
3: it is. I mean, he's got the mask. He's got the yeah, weapon. It's, yeah, it's definitely like, like slasher. Like sort I feel of like vibes. Victor
2: would like destroy Jason Voorhees though. Like I just feel <laughs> just, like, you know what I'm saying? Like he has that kind of like, like, Victor Hale, if you put him against, like, Michael Myers and, like, Jason Voorhees, like, like, I feel like he would destroy them.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, there, there,
3: there are scenes when he's talking to, you know, he's on the phone with Sam. And then when they have their, their kind of final confrontation mm-hmm. and they have, like, a little bit of a dialogue before they get into it. And it reminds me, it reminded me of, like, um, Hannibal Lecter in a way Mm. not like in like the cannibal villain but like he's got this kind of like charm Mm -hmm. to him but Mm -hmm. also he's a little bit off like he's got you got to be a little bit off to like do what he's done in the movie but you still like him like you still and that's exactly you know they they have this respect and sam has this respect for him uh that kind of comes through at the end
2: and he even says like when they're fighting right he's like You've got a seven year old daughter just like me. I don't see her anymore because I don't want her to grow up to be like me. <laughs> you know
3: what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know what exactly. That L- very, like, the awareness there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't want her to grow up to be like me. You know, he means it too. He's like, you know, I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> like, I have a code. <laughs> I have a code, but I am kind of fucking crazy. Um, and I don't mm-hmm. want that to rub off on my kid. Like, you know, um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an it's a, it's a interesting, it's an interesting performance and it's an interesting sort of, uh, you know i feel like i looked i looked into like russ Hagen's sort of uh filmography and i'm like
1: Uh um
2: i'm like this is like the only movie of note to be honest with you i feel like uh i haven't seen some of these movies uh but i do feel like uh you know how they say like every filmmaker has that one in them right (laughs) like right i feel like
3: i was like one of his first ones too i think right yeah so it's like i
2: feel like you know uh He's got eight films, at least, according to what I'm looking at. Um, Click, which is from Click the Calendar Girl Killer, which is from 1990. Uh, I don't know. You know, it doesn't seem. And not
3: the Adam Sandler one. Not the yeah, Adam Sandler. No, not Click. the Adam Sandler. Click.
2: <laughs> He's got a movie called Born B O R N, like literally B dot O dot Okay, uh, hmm, from 1989. A speeding ambulance abducts three beautiful young women to a sinister medical center where someone is making a killing, selling healthy human organs on the black market. Oh shit! I, I mean, uh, that sounds interesting. It has PJ Souls in it? Hmm.
3: Okay. All right. Halloween.
2: I've never. Yeah. See, this is. Okay, I'm gonna check this out. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna check this out. Okay, that might be wor- that's that might be worth watching. Uh, but yeah, Ross Hagen. Apparently, you know, he also acts in this too. Okay, so. Ross Hagen plays Buck Cassidy in this. Okay, interesting, interesting. What other movies does he have? Uh, Murder on the Yellow Brick Road from 2005, which looks like some sort of judging by the poster. Has a a detective vibe, a noir detective vibe. Okay. Time Wars. Okay. From 78 Minutes. It's a TV movie. Real Horror. Spelled R-E-E-L. Like, like a film reel, evil spirits emerge from the can of old movie, um, the cans of old movie film. Okay, okay, okay that's, <laughs> that's a badly written uh, synopsis, but okay. Um, yeah, so you know these are the movies he has. Eight films. None of these movies pop are popping out to me. me the media madman, street beat. Um, this is his like the glove is. Apparently, I mean, you know, Ross, uh, Ross is an actor, so. Uh, he's an actor in 56 films. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but this is the, oh, he was in Blood Games, which I love Blood Games. I know you've, you've probably seen Blood Games, right, Patrick?
3: I th- may have. I can't recall. Anyway, I, I saw the pictures uh, of his uh, appearance in it. And I think I need to go back and check it out either way.
2: Yeah, I mean, I love Blood Games. He plays Midnight in Blood Games. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, That's basically uh, this, this, softball team of these like uh these women who look like hooters waitresses yes <laughs> okay yep. Yep. uh uh and they get attacked by uh these guys out and after they after they you know lose this baseball game uh they start attacking these women um and it just be- turns brutal it's okay. it's fun it's fun it's uh, it's fun it's a fun 80s sort of yeah like it's a fun 80s Kind of like stalk and kill,
1: siege
3: kind of
2: yeah, women, kill, women. Yeah. It's like women. It's almost like you know. It has shades of Deliverance a little bit. Okay, you know, a town of, but it's like a town. It's not like backwoods people. You know, it's more like <laughs> a town. A town of people, shitty corrupts people, shitty corrupt men, um, trying to sort of like kill these women, not let them get out of town. Um, got yeah. it. Yeah, but uh, Ooh. yeah, I don't know. Um. You seem. To, I see that. I do see. So off of off of uh, the glove for a minute, so I could just talk generally about yeah. about movies. Uh, I noticed that you tend to watch uh, Shutter uh, quite frequently, which is not a surprise, honestly.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um. Go. But
2: but uh, what is your sort of uh? What is your what what is a Patrick Barb? I don't know. What is what is what is a Patrick Barb film? What like what what's your what's your jam Patrick? Like what's your That's
3: jam? My jam? Oh <laughs> gosh, it's yeah, so I um I do partake of the horror movie uh every now and then. Uh every Friday I like to uh mix up a cocktail and uh you know, pick something at random from the uh shutter catalog, uh which can be hit or miss. Let me let me tell you cuz they have some yeah. real yeah. just awful shit, but like anything <laughs> 70s 80s yeah. um you know dipping into some of the 90s stuff but like I love that era where you could have just like the ugliest people possible <laughs> as your star in movies I, li- I like I like that sort of stuff um the slashers um you know I was watching uh oh, what did I watch um it was called shoot um the original title of the movie was Fall Break, apparently, but oh, it is, is actually. That? Um, I'm just gonna pull it up here.
2: Um, I know what you're talking
3: about, The Mutilator, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic gore effects in this movie. It's kind of a you know, the acting's not what we'd call the best by any stretch of the imagination, it's got a terrible, corny theme song which can relate back to The Glove because The Glove mm-hmm, also yeah. has just a grade A very uh, literal theme song. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah that, that, I, that's that's my jam. Just like stuff like that, <laughs> that is just kind of, it's earnest in a way because mm-hmm. like there's not the kind of like ironic wink wink kind of quality that I think you, so you're alluding to in some of the more modern uh, offerings like films, I think
2: yeah it's it uh, you know to go back to the glove for a second when you said that that opening song the opening scene song is so cheesy right but then like mm-hmm. the music gets so much better once the movie like once you get through the movie like into the movie like then the music choices start to get way better but it's like yeah. it opens with this like oh um, like you said very on the nose kind of song about the glove uh, the glove they're singing yeah. about the
3: glove and then i don't know if you noticed this but the last song is called game of love and if you just take G,
2: <laughs>
3: love <glove>. <laughs>
2: Wow. <laughs> I wonder if they put that together. I what was the...
3: sitting there I was like,
2: they might have <laughs> wait you know, a they, <laughs> they might have they might have, might have it
3: was it was something else. <laughs> but the, jazz, the, 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 the incidental music in between you're totally right. like the jazz and mm. the, the sort of other um, soundtrack is great.
2: Yeah. in the movie yeah yeah that's what's so because it's yeah when it starts you're that's like yeah that song is like what you know like um. Oh. it's lucky that it has such a great a strong opening to overcome that like you know right because like, he rips that car in half and you're just like oh, okay like uh like you're like all right i'm in because that song yeah that song is very uh no bueno <laughs> <That's not laughs> it. but
3: it's it, it all kind of adds to that charm though i think it at does, the same yeah. time like yeah. some of the choices that they they made from whatever limitations they might have had or whatever they were looking to do it felt like you know it it felt more real and a little bit more honest in a way like him driving this the station wagon instead of having like you'd expect to have like a motorcycle or something like you know what i mean like you'd be like this badass car it's like no he just drives like this station wagon because that's probably what he can afford or what he's got like that's his ride
2: yeah i really did like appreciate all of those little little things and i did like I said, I I really like seeing the sort of seedier side of like LA, you know, anytime, mm-hmm. anytime they show that in the movie, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, cause I feel like, yeah, you don't get to see that kind of sh- shit. Like, uh, a lot. There's another movie. I don't know if you've seen Cisco Pike. Um, Cisco Pike no. is, is, has a lot of that too. Like it's just the parts of LA, like during that time. Um, and it's got, uh, what's his name? Is the star, um, I'm blanking on his name. I should not be blanking on his name. <laughs> he plays Whistler and Blade. What's his, uh? Uh, Chris Christopherson. Chris Costaverson. Yeah, Chris Christopherson plays this uh, former, uh, like, musician turned drug dealer who's you like uh, named Cisco Pike. Uh, mm-hmm. Fucking great that's
3: great i'll check that out and everybody had multiple just again like everybody had multiple jobs back in those movies like Mm -hmm. in this one it's like baseball player turned bounty hunter jazz musician turned the glove it's like i like that they they diversified
2: yeah but it's appropriate when you have these like la set stories because it's like you know it's representative of sort of like the town it's representative of like the people with they had fallen dreams you know dreams right, that, exactly. like you know like you know like at one point I could have been you know or and then they're like you know down front and then also it with the genre itself you know the sort of that, that sort of like you know hard-bitten hard-boiled sort of how do you end up
3: in those positions yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah
2: I, I really I really uh I dig. I just dig that that's the type and that's you know and I've always I've always said this and I don't know if you feel this way um for me like horror and crime are so like connected uh-huh. for me. Like I feel like they're I don't know. Like as it's just funny. A lot of people I know so many people who write both interchangeably. Um uh-huh. and I feel that way. I feel like I don't even know. Like I feel like at the point the point that I'm at, like a lot of the stuff that I work on is like a hybrid of both things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Yeah like, I, I think it'll be a crime with that... like all this weird shit in it. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Or it'd be like or with like all this kind of like yeah I don't you know like I don't know yeah
3: yeah i mean horror is has had that investigatory Mm -hmm. side to it in in like tv and movies and like you said crime the line is blurred often Mm -hmm. i think there's plenty of crime you know writers who whose stuff touches on horror i think everybody um even like something like Dennis Lehane or somebody has done plenty of stuff that has like horror I mean, vibes horror to it. Like,
2: like you guys you got guys like let me just do somebody more contemporary. You got like somebody like Paul Tremblay who started down crime. out in crime, mm-hmm. who yep. does horror. or you got like Laird Barron who's doing crime yeah. who's done like you know all of these sort of uh weird horror, horror books you know and more of like cosmic horror like Lovecraftian type shit and
3: he's blending that crime and cosmic yeah. horror stuff yeah, in this yeah. way where it's like bringing those two audiences together i feel yeah, like
2: yeah and and, and and those old pulp writer guys did a lot of that like all of those guys you know like the ross mcdonald john d mcdonald guys and stuff mm-hmm. like a lot of those guys had like a careers doing horror shit too like you yep. know like doing little cheap you know again sort of get them off the rack books like mm-hmm. when you look into those guys those guys i'm kind of fascinated with those guys too like those that whole like time of like those dudes just seem to be like machines like you know what I mean like they were just yeah so
3: many of those paper they pump pump them out absolutely like yeah
2: just mm, 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 you know um yeah I don't know like it's it's just you know and a big part of my my podcast is like I focus on like one thing or like a couple things and Mm then but it's always about sort of like it because I feel like it's the comp it's not really it's about it's more about like I don't know like the again i sound pretentious i know this but it's like it's about like the artist like life or like sort of like the artist uh-huh. like it's centered around that like it's centered around that sort of existence right like um right you know and, and it's like for me it's just a way to sort of like not only appreciate sort of stuff because i feel like people that like know about sort of my uh taste or whatever they may think I hate everything. <laughs> you know? But I'm like, actually I don't. That's another reason no, yeah, like, I'm trying to like highlight stuff that I like too. It's like, you
3: consume know, so much media and yeah, just like yeah. books and movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's I mean, there's that's the thing I like about something like this and mm-hmm. getting recommendations and seeing what you're watching or reading mm-hmm. or, or other people whose tastes I respect and, and mm-hmm. whose opinions I, I respect is that there's so much stuff, not just from today, that we can pull from. I mean, there's great stuff today, sure, um, and it, it's worth putting a spotlight on. But there's older stuff like this that, you know, I can go through my whole life and never have known the glove existed. Yeah. And now yeah. my life is, I feel enriched from the experience <laughs> of, of having seen it, honestly, yeah. in, in all truth. Well,
2: that makes me feel good, man. That makes me feel good. Like, I i feel I pride myself in trying to, like, hit people to stuff. Cause I'm like, I love when people do that for me, you know what I'm saying? I always love when uh-huh. somebody's like, Hey, have you ever seen fucking, you know, like, and I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, no. And then I feel like it was like, Oh yeah. Like I've ran across so many, um, just, you know, things that are just so, I know like don't cause I feel like everyone, and I've said this too. Um, I feel like a big thing that I'm always kind of annoys me is like, everyone talks about the same, like, <laughs> 60 movies um you know or whatever you know our 60 books are it's the same ones over and over again it's like i you know i was telling this to i think it was richard stringham that like okay like what is, hasn't been said about halloween already like you know yeah. first halloween like every kind of imaginable sort of take
1: <laughs> that exactly.
2: has been said you know or or, or you know name what you know nightmare or you know whatever the giant you know jaws are you sure know, you know like we've heard every kind of take that you can think of about these movies and it's like and it's like for me it's like there's so much shit out there like it's mm-hmm. it's just out there like it's like if you're just willing to like search it's just there you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like people just don't want to do that and i feel like it's reflective in the stuff you see today right like, oh yeah like a lot of the big mainstream shit it's like it's the same references like you know what i mean like they're all uh-huh. riffing they're all riffing off of the same thing you know i feel like there has to be a middle ground i don't know i don't know about you but for me it's like yes we all, as as people as people who create things and stuff right you, of course you're going to like be an influenced by stuff and you're going to do your own sort of riffs off stuff right that's uh-huh. the other other artists work okay yeah that, but i feel like that's only like one layer right um another layer is like life right like uh-huh. feel like not enough there's not enough emphasis and again, again again i say this in a general in general terms right there's sure. not enough emphasis in the sort of on the sort of big commercial stuff uh, on like making things from like that are rooted in sort of someone's legitimate life experience now like i feel like now it's more You know, I hate to pick on Stranger Things, but I'm going to. Like (laughs) Stranger Things is sort of like the the a good example of what I say. Like, yeah, I enjoy it for what it is, you know. But like, it is just a thing that references other shows, a show that references other shows that represents. It's all
1: movies. It's about
2: about other movies. It's about other shit. It's not really about life you know yep. what i'm saying it's about other movies you know what i'm saying no, it's, no like...
3: it's like a, it's like a jukebox musical but with references it's like yeah, yeah these musicals yeah. where it's like we're playing these songs you know you like to hear them mm. here's our cast singing them except this is like hey you guys like do you like the thing
1: right well, guess what right, uh, right.
3: you like uh, alien here you go mm absolutely and there's yeah they don't have that lived experience uh in some of those and, superhero and, movies or superhero a lot of the
2: movies marvelous is just as guilty as this if not more if they're more guilty of this <laughs> but my thing is like, it's like they what they do is they try to uh infuse like life and like moments of like um, emotional moments that are people can find relatable but even in those moments they're only they're referencing other movies right me it's, sorry, not based, sorry, sorry, yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not based on like, like life. It's based on, oh, you know what? It's really emotional. You know, like the journey. Like they'll like, remember, like the coming of age. Like, like Stand by Me. It's like, what about coming of age? You? What about like when you? What were about your <laughs> life? Yeah. What about exactly. your life? Like, you know, they're only, they're only, like, even their references when it comes to that stuff is still using sort of other movies as a template. So it's like a lot of that, right? But also, which is like, okay, cool, like infuse some actual life into it like like movies that are like not a hundred percent based solely on like other like works of art but also like that are based on like actual life experience and stuff that you see in the world that's not Uh on the screen but okay but when you're going to reference that other stuff or riff off that other stuff why don't you do some stuff that isn't the same that everyone (laughs) else is doing like you know like everyone's yes. like you know like everyone's riffing off spielberg <laughs> you know what i mean or absolutely riffing yes. off of whoever you know it's like okay but carpenter, like, carpenter yeah like they're just taking the same and it's just for me that's like i just it's just hard for me to care about stuff like that you know what i mean like when i know that there's this crazy shit that's out there already like when i when i can go when I know I could just watch any, almost anything that comes from Japan <laughs> like,
3: and get know some mean? different perspectives. Yeah, you know, yeah. Absolutely. That's where why I'm, I feel like the same way.
2: Yeah. Where I'm just like, you know, or, or, or even like when you read books and stuff, like where I'm just like, there's so many like interesting voices and weird stuff being made on the fringes. You know what I'm saying? And like, absolutely. Indie presses and all kind of stuff. And it's like, look, I'll go pick up, you know something from Barnes and Nobles that's like you know, uh, you know the top new bestseller that comes from a big five or whatever. Uh-huh. I'll go pick that up. But like, a lot of the stuff I have is like, some of it's that, but a lot of it's like small, like either yeah, big, the small press know, stuff. Small There's press the, stuff. I'm just, just like, immense
3: amount of talent and different perspectives and voices out there, right? Uh, to consider
2: but you know, and, and I was listening to some, uh, uh, uh another podcast, uh, I had them on, I was listening to, uh, agitator podcast and like, uh, I heard, I heard the host say, um, John David Osborne say something to the effect of, uh, I referenced the same people over and over again. Um, because like, you tell I listen to like 12 podcasts and they're all I to, the same must talk about all these same podcasts so this I, is like free free promotion for the 12 podcasts I listen to uh but like something to the effect of uh you know why um why are people sort of like if you if no like if you're just like writing right and, mm-hmm. and you're not like you're not you don't have a a, a contract with <laughs> a big five and you're not you know some big you know, established author. Right. You know, you're not like, you're not like Stephen King or somebody. Right. Like, why wouldn't you just write what you want? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, like not, no, no one's really reading it like that. You know, like just, why wouldn't you just do what you want? Mm -hmm. And, but most people aren't doing that. They're writing as if they're auditioning for sort of that gig. Right. Right. Like, so all of this, like, you'll see a lot of people who are put, they'll put out, they'll self publish it. And it'll be like, okay, you just self-published this book that's like a lesser version of like Lee Child or something, you know what I mean? Like some shit, yeah. I just, not to pick that out, but I'm just saying like a big, you know, something that gets a James Patterson novel, whatever. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's like, okay, why are you doing that? <laughs> you know what I mean? What like are you
3: offering that's different? Right, right. In if that, you're that sort in, of situation. If you're
2: like in the position where you're just, you're, you're not, like you're just a like person writing, right? Like why wouldn't you just do what you want? Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you just make whatever weird, strange, goofy thing you want to make, you know? And I I find myself like uh saying that all the time. I'm like, okay, if I'm being paid, that's different. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's fair. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? feel the same. Like if you're paying me to do something, then I'm like, then I have to sort of like take that into account. I can't like just be like I'm going to do this whatever I want. But if it's <laughs> if I'm originating something, if this coming from me, right? Whether if it's whether I'm writing uh, just whatever, a book to sell or I'm uh-huh. writing a spec script, you know what I mean? Um I'm not like why would I you know tailor it towards like anything but my sensibilities. You know what I mean? Like like right. yeah, I get it like if the intent is to sell it, right? I guess you know. I understand why people are doing that. I guess
3: even when you're trying to, I think even when you're trying to sell something, though, at least for pros, I feel like
1: mm -hmm. you
3: have to bring some of yourself into it. Right. You have to make these choices that are unique to your experience, whether it's your life experience or your reading experience. Um, and I feel like once I, as a writer, for myself once i made that choice and started just not necessarily trying to care too much about you know what the expectations of uh like a market or like a magazine or an anthology and just started writing stuff that i would enjoy that's when stuff started selling that's when stuff started connecting with people because i think people recognize that you know i recognize that in the works of other authors that i like these things that are I call them like the, the, like imperfections, you know, like there's these things that where it doesn't necessarily follow the formula. It's a little bit different. And it's not like they're tweaking it in a way that's very cynical. It's just like, this is the natural extension of who the writer is. And that is the stuff that I think connects with people like, like you and me, especially like somebody like us who are writers, we see that and recognize that and, and can appreciate it
2: yeah you're, you're you're speaking my language yeah because like I love that I love that like there's and I say I've said this you know too which is like there is something that is there's some there's something about work that is too polished uh-huh. that is too rewritten that like I don't really like that like you know what I mean like I don't like that like that labored over every sentence feel like you know what i mean like it's something about it like i need that like those small sort of almost like imperfections like i need the i need that sort of sense of like it's care it's like character you know what i mean like it's like it's 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 almost intuitive that's the good that's Mm -hmm. the better like for me like good art should feel intuitive like you know what i mean right It should should be intuitive on some level, but you know, there's craft, but like, but, but, but it should feel intuitive. You Uh know what I mean? Um, not so calculated, like not so like, you know, um, you're, yeah, you're right. You can read somebody's something that someone's written and you can tell like the whole time, like they're just writing based on the expectation of whoever it is that they feel will buy this thing. Right. Which is like that. That will fuck you up. You cannot do that. Like you. Well, it's you know all I mean? that
3: formula stuff. They I mean yeah. they certainly have it in screenwriting, and, mm-hmm. they, and they they have it in in fiction as well. You've got mm-hmm. these groups that are saying, you know, you have to like hit this beat right here. You have to do this, this, and this, and then you're gonna get on Amazon. and You're gonna, you know, put like ten books out or fifty books to get fifty thousand copies sold. And there are these formulas that that people follow and it can work for some it's not going to work for everybody um i i just feel like my preference falls more to those works where um you're doing things different you're doing things a little bit different than oh, yeah. the expectations um but the rush part of it i feel like i i will fault nobody for trying to make money uh we are all out there trying to do it to one degree or another yeah uh unless you're just independently wealthy and just decided yeah. to make writing your thing um but I think that that rush of like somebody where you can tell somebody was like trying to make deadline and so there's a couple of times where like they switch the character's name in like the middle of the book or like there's just like some typos (laughs) and stuff that's my shit right there I love it yeah
2: yeah I I can
3: appreciate that because it's it is that raw inspiration but it's also just like I have a deadline I need to get paid
2: no i love that too like listen i've heard like i've said this before i've said like yo they'd be like yo what's your motivation for like doing something i'm like i want to fucking pay my bills (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) like and uh, what i mean by that is it's not it's not like that's not my primary motivation for for sort of why i do it right but but when i'm doing something that i'm being paid for (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like there's a like you have to be sort of you know um you have to be of two mindsets sometimes, right? Especially when exactly. you're to like anything related to like screenwriting. Like, sure. like, you have to be sort of really of two minds. You have to be like able to become a mercenary sort of writer uh, in a lot of situations where you're like, okay, well, I just need to like they need me to do this, this and this. I'm going to do this, this and this. Like this isn't mine. You know what I mean? Right. If it's mine, then it's different. If it's mine, I'm going to be a lot different. You know, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to make the choices I want. I'm not going to don't have to worry about artistic compromises. This is me. You know i'm not i'm not it's coming from me i'm doing it the way i see and i like i want to do it um but even then like i love i love a paid writing gig that gives me creative freedom that's the best uh-huh. you know what i'm saying when they're not over your and shoulder best of both
1: worlds
3: and,
2: yeah then you're getting the best of both worlds and then like yeah like then you're getting some of some of those things where you're like oh yeah like this draft was like, you could tell they read it by the deadline, but they were, they were able to be creative and within that bounds. And like, uh-huh. and there is something to being a pro, you know, there is something to being sort of that one of those pros who could sort of just bang some shit out. I respect that. Um, again, but it's just like, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm, I I go back and forth on it because I am definitely somebody who's always like, I don't fault anybody. Like you said, I don't fault anybody for wanting to sort of make, a living you know what i mean like because mm-hmm. we this is that's what makes the world go round unfortunately we live in you know we live under american capitalism it's not like
3: capitalism yeah it's
2: not like the buzzword we're not gonna uh it's not like that's changing anytime soon so you know you got to get your capitalism on regardless of whether you, you buy into this shit or not so yeah, it makes hypocrites
3: know, of all of us right
2: yeah it's like because again I've, i say this too you know um you know what else i say i say that i say this a lot <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know it's not a consensual thing right you don't have a choice you have right. to sort of do it you know or suffer the consequences so you know it, 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 you do what you have to for sure uh but i would be doing this whether you know i wasn't doing uh-huh. anything or not like because it's just part of who i am like you know what yeah. i mean i would be doing this you know but it's it's great to be able to do the thing that you have sort of like invested in and sort of learned how to do and be able to like make some money off of and pay a few bills. That's, that's nice. You know, yeah. that's a plus, like, that's a plus, you know, and I respect writers who are like, you know, um, who was it? I think I heard, like, I think it was like, a, I think it was Adam Caesar. Uh, I heard him. I don't know what he was on. I was listening to something and he was on it and he said something mm-hmm. to the effect of like, I'm a commercial writer. And I know what he meant when he said that. And I respected Mm -hmm. it because he was like, no, no, no. I I want to write commercial stuff. Like I'm a commercial writer.
3: Yeah, there's folks like that.
1: Absolutely.
2: And it's like. And it's not like when he said it, I didn't think like, oh, that means he's like a hack or no shit like that. No, it just means like he has a goal, right? His goal is he wants to write stuff that he can sell. He wants to write stuff that is going to have a big audience that's going to sort of, you know, and it's like that is a primary goal for him when he make when he's making what he makes. Right. Uh-huh. And, and somebody who's that clear headed about it, I can respect. Right. But the yep. people that kind of like annoy me are the ones who who don't who are who are dishonest about that, where it's like they are they want to be commercial writers. Right. But. Um, but they also want to have their cake eat it too, and be like, I'm an artist. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And not to say that he's an art. I mean, I think he's an artist, whatever, but, but you know what I mean though? Like there's people yeah. who won't say, they won't be sort of clear headed about what they'll, they'll try to. Though it'll be like a guy, like a, like, I don't want to hear James Patterson talk about <laughs> his art. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, you know, exactly. like, the like, craft. no, you, you don't get to, do that you know what i mean like you're but you'll see and i'm not you know singling him out specifically but i'm just using him because he's somebody that like you can immediately point to as an example right where it's like okay there are certain types of work like popular sort of uh li- like writers who make a living doing it right and and mm-hmm. and, and I what i what I mean by make a living is they live comfortably off, sure. of, off of their work right um who do a certain type of commercial writing. Right. But then when you talk to them about it, they get all, uh, I don't know, pretentious and like, uh, uh-huh. and they want to sort of like sell themselves as a, and Hollywood is bad about this. Like Hollywood is really bad. About this. Like, <laughs> anybody that writes on a TV show, I or writes these movies. They talk like they're like fucking <laughs> like they're, I don't know a, a name of artists. They, they talk like they're, I don't know, fucking Tolstoy or some shit. Like, sure fucking, Oh yeah, bringing the
3: message down from the mountaintop. Yeah, like
2: Kafka. It's like you wrote Big Mama's House too. Like, I don't like. <laughs> you're not. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter who they are. Like, it they'll have movies, credits, and stuff or shows. It's like, okay, like. you're you know that you're not, like, an artist. Like, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, or, or, or you know, <laughs> I just, I, like, I don't even know how to say, like, I don't even like my filter is kind of like not there a lot of times, but like, you know, it's like, it's not like you're, you know, and that's what it bothers me a lot of times. It's like these people want, they want the, it's like, there used to be a time where like there are artists, writers, there are certain writers who are like, no, nah, this is what I do. Like, I'm, I'm a crafts person,
1: uh-huh. but,
2: and like, I don't care. Like, I'm not trying to make poetry. This is what I do. And I respect that. Right but that's go- like, now they want pe- there's people want their cake and eat it too. Like they want to have a, pers- they want to have the sort of critical notoriety, uh, sort of, uh, uh, in the sort of, uh, financial sort of success of, 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 of one of those sort of bigger sort of, you know, artists. And, and even though what they're making is, not is just, you know, they're, it doesn't warrant that sort of like level of praise or, you know, prestige for lack of a better I mean well the thing is
3: yeah you've got when you're writing for like something like that where it's either like it's it's schlock or it's b you're writing to a specific audience and or you're doing stuff that has like mass appeal and guess what that's your reward Mm -hmm. is that everybody likes it and that's a a totally fine and warranted prize at the Mm -hmm. end of the you know at the end of the road You, you cross this finish line and you either I feel like there's it's a rare occasion and there's some writers and filmmakers I think who can pull it off where it's both critically acclaimed and everybody likes it but I don't think that if you're one or the other it lessens what you're doing like, right I think right that right as long as you embrace it and you know if you're if you're a critic it's making like critically acclaimed stuff great you've got awards you've got you've got prestige you get to be in vanity fair or something like that or, or whatever you're, you're in a spread and then if you're making mass appeal stuff you know your stuff's on t-shirts your stuff's at the airport you, you know you've made that side of things there are pluses and minuses and for both absolutely
2: yeah and i've always been like one of those type of people who's always loved like the idea or sort of like the aesthetics of merging the aesthetics of like of, of high and low like high and uh-huh. low, art, you know what i mean i've always that's always appealed to me right um and i think like so it's like i don't even really like i'd still really like yeah i will refer to sort of things as like high art low art but like i really don't believe in those designations that much honestly right, like nice. i feel like it's all art right and even these people that i'm like hypothetically these hypothetical people who i'm criticizing you know um like i still would say okay, like you're in the same giant bucket. Right. Uh, but I'm still critical. Like I still have, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm still like, because it's more, it's not really about the work as much as it's about sort of their, like you were saying, like it's, it's about the way that they want to sort of elevate themselves. You Uh know what I'm saying? Like, uh, 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 when they're doing sort of things that are, are, are just, you know, not worthy of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, it's like, you know, that that's where I, I kind of like, I don't know. It's just, it just annoys me. And it's probably because, you know, it's probably because of Hollywood. Like it's, I feel like for me, like my experience in LA and like, uh, I know that I know that I have a, a sort of, I don't like to call it jaded because I feel like jaded is a, is a uh it's not only a loaded sort of uh, it's it's a, it's a loaded word but it's also like people when you say jaded automatically people envision sort of like somebody who's like sour grapes or like bitter right or, and it's like yeah. that's not that's not a, what that's the furthest from the thing right that's like the furthest from what I am when I say but what I mean by jaded is like I have accumulated enough experience along the along this path. <laughs> like where mm-hmm. I've encountered certain types repeatedly. And I know how these people think because I've had a lot of interactions. That been have, there.
3: Done been that, there so exactly. many times.
2: So I, it's so transparent to me, right? And it's so on the surface, like just surfacey and 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 pretty much you know it's some hollywood bullshit right you know uh-huh. so and it's like when i i, I see that kind of stuff it, it i it does it does make me bristle it does it, you know it does get my uh my backup you know um like it is kind of annoying <laughs> you know what i mean it's like when people say all the time like i'm always the i'm always the one saying this i don't know if any i know, I know other people say this but i'm always the one who's who complains about like screenwriting twitter like i think I hate screenwriting twitter it's like the worst thing ever <laughs>
3: oh we 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 started uh interacting in the days of the message board yeah. screenwriting message boards oh, and yeah, that yeah. that culture just, the, it all that just deal over. pro type shit yeah <laughs> deal pro absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah i mean it's it's all out there now mm-hmm. it's and i think that i seeing more of the pros side of things mm-hmm. there is It's that it's a crossover there for sure, and I think a lot of it comes down to you know we talk about the phrase like uh, letting a work speak for itself, and that's fine. I think when you have you can let a piece of work um, exist and people engage in it the same way we've been engaging uh, about the stuff we talk about or the glove or whatever it is you're talking about. At a certain point with Twitter and you know message boards before that creator has become the product in a lot lot of ways and trying to sell yourself as a creator becomes this whole separate endeavor in a way and i think that's a lot of times where you get into these issues because we are constantly you know seeing tweets from people seeing you know tiktok instagram whatever and they're all just like trying to sell themselves and i think maybe that goes to what you're talking about of of having people wanting their output to be more because they want to feel like they themselves are more
1: mm.
3: and it used to be you didn't like it didn't matter it, it was just the work you picked up the book you went to see the movie you didn't have like sam Paw's tweets or something to like he wasn't—he'd be canceled in like five seconds. But like, you know, it, it, it just didn't exist.
2: Yeah, yeah. It definitely didn't. Like, I, it, it you know—not not seeing that shit is like. There's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of prominent writers who I'm like, I wish <laughs> I would never read their Twitter ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I'm like I can, I'm like, I can uh, think of a few. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of big names that I'm like, oh man, like you should never be on this ever. Like, <laughs> have you have a you have a big audience already just get off stop it <laughs> like right you, you continuously put out books for the rest of your life or whatever or shows or whatever and you'll be fine like there's no reason for you to be on here um you're just tainting that, <laughs> that no i mean
3: uh, it's so tempting to want to instead of having what you make
2: mm-hmm.
3: be the thing that people connect with to have yourself be the thing that people connect with. I get the temptation. I get this whole mm. idea to to say instead of talking about the art, let's talk about me, the artist. You, let's, who I, let's you know, about who I, know
2: who I respect the fuck out of? Bentley Little.
3: Oh yes. Where's Bentley? Off the map entirely. Where, where,
2: where the fuck is he? Has anybody seen him? Like I know some people said they've seen him before.
1: <laughs> I
3: think, yeah, Some people talking about like cons and like videos yeah, or something. Yeah, I feel yeah. like, and then just decided, you know what? Nope. Yeah. I'm just gonna put. I mean, the in front of all my titles, titles. and you'll never see me
2: right. again yeah uh, the <laughs> oh my god i love it. i love i just love that i like i just love the fact that like if you would you you don't even know if you've ever, he could be walking by you and you would just never know just like, never know it absolutely no clue like <laughs> you know what i mean like um yeah i respect uh, i respect it like i get it like you know i feel like coming up now or coming up will, sort of weak we we came up and then like anyone post us right the younger and stuff like uh-huh. it's not really like everyone sort of came up in this era like you know what i mean like at when the when the whole like i'm old enough to remember you know like the pre-internet world but you know uh-huh. being right on the cusp so it's like i could see the change you know what i'm saying from from then to now oh sure
1: um, yes
2: yeah. and, and so like the internet isn't a foreign thing to me um but I'm at that sweet spot where it ca- it 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 rose to prominence while I was coming of age.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm
2: saying? So so yep. so you get you got to see the that that pre-internet world and the post one and like in a way that I feel like anyone who's younger just can't like you know what I mean? Like they just have no concept of it because yeah. you know Facebook was already here when they we already were, had no we yeah, yeah. I mean yeah.
3: when I when we first got dial up and, mm-hmm. and I, I lived like very small town, very kind of late to get, you know, cable, you know, yeah. internet. We had dial up internet and was interested in writing and in screenwriting at that point. I think it was probably like high school. And I remember signing up for like a listserv uh <laughs> email list. Yeah. And I get the digest. And it's basically it was that equivalent of what twitter is now what screenwriting twitter writing twitter is now except it was just like this email with everybody talking about like questions about formatting there's one guy who's like i've written a 300 page screenplay uh it is about two wolves and there's no dialogue in it and how can i get this produced by steven spielberg and it's just just wild stuff like that and it and that level of I think you had to like seek out that kind of level of intensity in yeah, terms of yeah. like the art, in terms of people wanting to make things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I always talk about how like now with social media and, and, you know, Facebook and Twitter, is it, that stuff's out there, but it's also everybody else. There's every other voice, and every other interest that's out there. And it kind of, uh, dulls it to a to a degree because you're playing for playing playing to multiple audiences in a lot of ways in these in these uh these spaces
2: yeah i agree it is it is something that we just like are more like aware of because everyone's online now right Uh (laughs) you know what i mean like oh yeah so so we see it and everyone has a phone and everyone's on their phone um all the time so yeah and then obviously you factor in things like the pandemic you know oh Um, yeah uh there's all sorts of you know uh there's all sorts of justifiable sort of reasons why you know uh anyone let alone me would feel sort of similar you know um like because you're exposed to people in a way that you just never were before like before you know well i mean it's just again like i think about like my kids right and i think about like mm-hmm. my kids and it's like they've never not known that you know what i'm saying oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like oh, yeah. never not known it like your kids like, growing iPhones, up, they're not. iphones ipads gonna... i got my yeah. mind
3: of the same they've yeah. got like yeah. iphone ipad youtube now like mm. all that stuff like just having all that content having all those answers in a way right right at your fingertips um yeah we were kids i remember If you saw a reference to something that you didn't know what they were talking about, you just never knew the answer. You just would not know. You just, I don't know. I don't. It's referencing something. I don't know.
2: You know what's funny though? You know that I made that point before too. But like, you know what's funny? It's 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 like now, like you don't have to do this sort of work, right, to sort of like find Mm -hmm. stuff. But like, people still like. It's almost like it's made people lazy. So so despite the fact that you can find anything almost (laughs) any part of
3: media, any any question. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: But, but, but you, you listen to people talk and like you immediately understand like, Oh, like, like, okay. For example, like back during the beginning of the pandemic clubhouse was like a thing, right? Clubhouse is still going on. Yes. But, but it's not a thing in my opinion. Like I will never go back on that app ever again. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I remember being in a, in a, in a room. Right. And like people were talking about some writing related stuff and like mm-hmm. movie stuff. And like, um, I got into an exchange. I don't, it was a few people. Um, and they were saying something to the effect of like someone was in the room saying talk, we were talking about like older films and different movies and classic movies right. are classic and some more obscure and, and like, you know, and somebody was saying, Oh, I'm not going to watch that. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, I'm not going to go back and watch, you know, Rafifi or whatever, you know, and like, I'm just not. And I was like, then don't like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, I don't care what you do or what you don't do, but, 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 but it speaks to sort of like a thing that I've saw, I see, like, you just like, you're not curious enough about the thing to even investigate it. Mm -hmm. Like you're not, not You're not artistically curious enough to investigate it. You're not intellectually curious enough to investigate it. So how how actually how actually passionate are you about this thing? Like you're not like you're you're not even really, you don't like because even if I don't like I know my I have I know my taste right right but, like even the stuff I don't watch I kind of know about yeah you know what I'm saying because I'm curious like you know and there's a lot a lot of times like sometimes it'll I I, I have a good enough gauge on myself just to, to know if something's for me or not, you know, but, but a lot of times just on curiosity alone, I will, I will go, I will see something, you know, cause I'm like, if it's getting a lot of talk, if it's getting a lot of, I'm, I'm interested, if it's in a certain, I'm interested enough because that's just sort of part of like, your sort of like artistic journey. My God, I sound so pretentious but ah, you know what i mean it's all right it's but, but 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 you know like and i i highlight that because i feel like it speaks to to sort of like that that like what i was trying to say which is it doesn't matter that you have access to everything almost now like a lot of people screenwriting twitter a lot of screenwriting people who were who on screen Twitter like they're lazy like mm. you know what i'm saying and what i mean by lazy is like like they won't like you don't even care enough like you don't know even <laughs> to even know about some of the stuff like they have cursory sort of knowledge of things and like
1: well
3: there's a touch points right there's right, the, right, the, right. you know you're you're hitting those notes and right. you're not trying any different flavors beyond that
2: right i'm not saying you need to have some sort of like encyclopedic like to the degree where it's like autistic or something right i don't right. i don't think you need that level of like awareness but i'm just like it's clear when people like know what they're talking about and when they don't. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and you get, and you see that a lot uh, in like, Not, it's not, this isn't limited to sort of writers online. It's all kind of people online. Everybody. But, yeah. yeah I, know, right. I see it a hundred percent. But, but you listen to these people speak with a level of authority about some shit that they don't know about. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but they could know about it it's really yeah, not it's right hard.
3: there. It's it's yeah, exactly. Right
2: there. Like it's you could get the you can pull it up online. You can pirate it if you want to.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You could
2: order it on Amazon and come to your house and or, or fuck Amazon somewhere else. But still, you get
3: used, it. Yeah. yeah, 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 used, yeah. Books, use movies, you, you can know, the library, whatever. It's everywhere. Right.
2: Library, whatever. Like it's everywhere. And yet these people, you know, these types don't. You know, it's like now we live in an, an age of the age of information, like, you know, mm-hmm. but like people know less, you know what I mean? Like it feels like, yeah, it feels like, you know what I mean? Because there was something to that idea of like when you found something before the Internet, it took effort, right?
3: Mm-hmm. It
2: took legitimate effort, like
3: word of mouth or to just go like, to a yeah, fucking exactly.
2: weird little shop in the middle of some place you've never been to. to exactly. Find this- one thing you know what i'm saying bootleg, like something bootleg, yeah, at a movies, garage sale right maybe you found a a book that was ordered from overseas and you had to wait a month for it to come you know like
1: mm-hmm.
2: people had to like go through an actual like they had to it was it took actual work like yep. it took it actual work for this and like now that it's easy right you would think oh that would mean people would be more tapped in but it's like no
3: <laughs> no you don't have to be
2: like right right it's like no not at all they just like you know like and i feel like again uh it's just reflective in like the the stuff you see it's reflective in those spaces online Uh um and that's what like that type of stuff just kind of rubs me the wrong way call me whatever but it just does like it doesn't like ruin my day or anything but sure But when I encounter it, I just kind of like, I can't not be like, okay, but like, you know, you could just like find out this thing. You could just like, (laughs) you know, you could just like, yeah, yeah.
3: we, we, I feel like we've seen the same thing since we've known each other, you know, Mm -hmm. or in, 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 same interactions with people online, the same, you know, you look at some of those old places where we, we met originally, I actually ducked into some of those message boards the ones that are still around just to like see what it was like and it's a lot of the same people same still you know what i mean yeah some of the same names i just like i would couldn't remember many off the top of my head but there's some folks that are still out there Wow, and it's and you know and and i think some of those people are on on twitter and other other forms of social media but ultimately there's a limit to you know what what's what's there i think you know i yeah yeah, i i don't know that there's people that want to thrive in those spaces and then you're doing that is more of like i like to be online uh and Mm -hmm. i love to be online i'm online all the damn time yeah Uh, we all are yeah (laughs) all kinds of shit it's like we're you know shit posted and whatever Mm -hmm. fine by me um but there's other there's you know I, i feel like finding ways to make that just one part of the lived experience and as a, as a writer mm-hmm. to then sit down, write something new, write something that is, you know, from me that only I can write, you right. know, that, 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 that phrase I think is maybe a little bit overwrought, I guess, to mm-hmm. say like, I can only, I only, I can write this, but it's, you know, talking about what we were talking about, about having this honesty, having this sort of lived experience that shines through um, and I think finding that balance as well. Right. Like a finding like online, be the experience of being online as part of that lived experience.
2: Yeah. I agree. I, I, I agree. You know, I find myself thinking like weird sort of like abstract thoughts, like where I'm like, you know, I've said like, yeah, we all like only you can write, you, you know, I'm saying like, because there's only one mm-hmm. you, right? Um, right. Uh, but I've, I've, you know, I've thought of, I've, I since I'm, still, I think I'm like, you know, um, and I know this is gonna sound sort of like, I don't know, I don't know how this is gonna sound. <laughs> lay it ever, on me. I've, I've ever thought, you ever thought, like, like, we're all the same person, and I don't mean oh, that. Like, I, don't, <laughs> no, I don't mean that. Even, I don't mean that even in the way that like it sounds, like we're all individual people with our own consciousness, right? And our own sort of Uh lives that are significant. But what if we weren't like, like what if everyone was one person that are are, like this idea of like uh, a higher power, or like God, right? Like, what if we all are that? Like, what if it like, what if a divine being can just split itself into 400 million people and live 400 million different lives? Like, you I know mean, it mean? sounds like a, a <laughs>
3: really great uh, Mike Myers <laughs> or Eddie Murphy movie. You know um, but
2: like, you know what I mean? But <laughs> What I mean by that is like the whole, the whole like, you know, um, like I've heard people say like, you know, like uh, the universe is like the God killing itself. You know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. it's expanding. And like, it's just, this is how a, a God could like kill himself or whatever. But I just think about like this idea of like, because I'm always hyper-focused and I feel as writers, we kind of are hyper-focused on, sort of individual POV, right? And uh-huh. sort of like the uniqueness, which is definitely a thing, right? Yeah. But I feel like as unique as we all are, right? And as like, and I'm big on like a voice and, and, and I'm big on sort of like having that sort of, you know, very idiosyncratic uh, kind of, you know, like a very specific, kind of like come from I like I love when I can tell that something comes from someone right I love Mm -hmm. that like I love Mm -hmm. that like that fingerprint you know what I'm saying like uh, but uh I also kind of like you know like just think about these sort of more sort of like outside the box kind of like like concepts where I'm like okay but I feel like we're still kind of all connected like regardless of like like you know which is the internet is kind of weird because it literally connects us right Mm -hmm. like we're literally having a conversation because of the internet right now like through zoom and exactly what i'm saying but it connects us but like i feel like uh we were already connected the internet is a manifestation of this this thing that was not tangible before
1: Mm -hmm.
2: that we had we had no ability to sort of access it like you know what i'm saying like uh mm-hmm. there's this idea of like intangible fields and shit you know what i mean like where you can sort of like people are sort of connected in this intangible field that you can't really see right and the concept is something to the effect of like you ever notice like like for example like, one human will break this previously uh unbreakable sort of like world record right uh-huh. they'll do something they'll do something like it'll x ex- like somebody will do some sort of acrobatic feat that was wasn't accomplished before like a, an olympian or some shit sure all the way across the world right and then someone all the way on the other side of the world then is able to have to do it
3: they can do it yeah
2: without knowing that the other person did it
3: ah uh, okay
2: as if like there is this field that is
3: connecting connects,
2: connecting all the of th- right yeah. right and the internet is just sort of our way of kind of like m- making a physical
3: like manifestation manifestation of it in some way yeah.
2: that weird sort of thing and you know what i'm saying like i don't know you know it's 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 late patrick you know i but i think (laughs) i think about these i like these deep
3: thoughts i i we're you know i i enjoy them and i (laughs) I think we we hit on the same i mean i feel like i get the same way i sit here and, and philosophize for you know as long as it takes um it's just what we do right it's it's what if you're if you're gonna write if you're gonna like be creative in a a certain way you have to allow yourself to be i say pretentious but that's like not quite the right word but you just have to allow yourself to have just the big thoughts and the little the little thoughts as well and I think that's that's my sweet spot right there right like that's any piece of art that is gonna have a big impact and speak to Larger thematic issues or or sort of cultural issues, I often find it's 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 more effective when you also have the grounding in life and those life experience. Going to back, to what we were talking about the life experiences as well, because um, that's what we're looking for, right? We're looking for people who are like us, but also people who are like occupied and concerned by the same things as us
1: as well,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, and I feel like the internet is, you know, um, it's a gift and a curse, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's that double edged yeah, sword, yeah, right? Yeah, it's gonna it's
3: gonna cut you and it's gonna mm-hmm. open up new uh, new passageways for you at the same and time. I, and,
2: and when I say that, I say that, like you, know, like you just pointed out, that it's like you know it, the gift and you know like that duality exists in all things. So in a weird way, um, it's kind of appropriate you know what i mean i was gonna say perfect uh-huh. uh but but you know <laughs> what i mean because you know like you you need that you need that sort of for one thing to exist the other has to right like you know exactly. what i mean so, yeah yeah i think i think that's a good that's a good uh That's a good one for everyone else to ponder. That's a good. That's a good space for me to shut up. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thanks again, uh, Patrick. It's good to sort of uh, chop it up. It's been a minute since we've communicated for real. For real, it has, Uh, and
3: I enjoyed this.
2: Yeah, I did too, man. We definitely could should do this some more. Um, I look forward to uh, seeing your uh, what's what's next. I see, like I said, I'm going to check. I can't wait to read your actual your novella. Uh, yep,
3: that's uh, Gargantuana's plug. Ghost. Yeah, that's plug from those again. Gray Matter mm-hmm. Press. Uh, it's out on October 18th, 2022. It's mm-hmm. up for pre order now. Um, Kindle, if you want to go onto the Bezos site, <laughs> um, go to the publisher's website, graymatterpress.com. They also have a pre order deal for the print edition, and it will be available on other websites and, and retailers uh, closer to the, um, the release date. And then, obviously, there is uh, the collection, which is out uh, in 2023. It's got a collection of short stories, 18 short stories, uh, 15 reprints, uh, three new stories. I uh, hope folks will check that out. And, and um,
2: does, I... Does that have yeah. a title? Was it, did you say the title It's for that?
3: called uh, Pre-Approved for Haunting.
2: Okay, yeah, that's what you said. And, yeah, yeah And so
3: it's got the covers out there, if folks mm-hmm. want to check it out. It's got this uh, creepy teddy bear um on it um and yeah and i'm you know putting out short stories putting out other pieces Mm -hmm. i um currently have a novella being serialized in cosmic horror monthly uh, called the nut house it is a talking animal crime cosmic horror novella uh about these squirrels who break into a house to try to steal some acorns and then they are confronted by some otherworldly uh, presences
2: uh, Love in there. It, it's, it sounds bizarro.
3: bizarro. It's got the <laughs> bizarro... It's a, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I like to think it's like it's like um, mm. it's like Thief uh, if like Don Bluth uh, made like an animated version <laughs> and then there was also like Cosmic yeah. Horror in there as well. Um, again, you know, I... Uh, if something you want to write, it, you just kind of like find the, you find the audience, you find the... the, the um, willingness to uh, to take a chance and just do something a little bit uh, a little bit different, um, and that's what I think this this does. Um, hopefully, that's uh, being serialized now through December. First two issues are out. Um, Cosmic Horror Magazine. Uh, if, if folks want to check that out as well,
2: awesome, dude. That's yeah. Thanks again. And if you have listened to this podcast and you already know. I never know how to end these things so I just end them so all right <laughs> all
0: right man yeah, peace
2: shipping on my honey with my Jamie boo with I
0: me ah uh, i've been drinking i've been drinking you can't find me i've been drinking i've been drinking you can't find me. <laughs> this the soul is you forget about i don't smoke no urban shout my mama house i just My word, that's what honor tout I don't speak no ills, I don't want the clout These rappers, what can I say? I'm at a loss for words, trying to keep my sentence straight Crooked eyes, watching both sides of the play Is he out? Is he safe? It don't matter We gon' slide it like a stolen base Uh, So keep your focus, man Just stay your energy the first chance they get your poison energy before you even sip They gon' pull your chair as you fucking go to shit Standing at the table like you know you owe me shit uh. So why they give me shit Getting what you asked for ain't really what the fuck this is I took a trip to New York stumbling in out of consciousness I'm looking at the ground and I think I found some fucking bricks I think there's 92 I think it's 92 Kill them all with the flows From the rich to the poor Donnie, Evie, you Donnie, Evie, you Sipping on my honey With my jingle Boo beside me I've been drinking, I've been drinking You can't find me I've been drinking, I've been drinking You can't find me Sipping on my honey With my jingle Boo beside me With my Jamie me. I've been drinking, I've been drinking, you can't find me. I've been drinking, I've been drinking, you can't find me. Sipping on my honey with my Jamie Boo beside me. Uh, I've been drinking, I've been drinking, you can't find me. I've been drinking, I've been drinking.